This episode of the American Shoreline Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at TI Coastal Services of Wilmington, North Carolina. If you're looking for great engineers on the Southeast Atlantic shoreline, don't forget TI Coastal Services. Find them at ticoastal.com. Well, everybody, we're back at the Florida Shore and Beach Preservation Association meeting in Hutchinson Island, Florida. This is Peter Ravella, host of the American Shoreline Podcast. What a cool night tonight. Tonight was the awards banquet for FSBPA, and uh, this is the night where they honor the folks who have really made contributions to the, to the cause, to the, to the state's management of its shoreline and its beaches. And uh, I'm really, really honored and pleased to have with us one of the honorees of tonight's award, uh, Tony McNeil, the former manager of the control line program for the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. Did I get that right? He's still active. Oh, that's right. Okay. He did say he's leaving in June. You said May. <laughs> I am, yeah. And also with us today is uh, Mike Barnett, who is the former uh, director of the Office of uh, Beaches and Shores. I think I can never remember the name. Mike, tell me out. Help me out. Uh, Chief of the Bureau, former Bureau of Beaches and Coastal Systems. Beaches and Coastal Systems is what it was called back in the day. Well, the reason I wanted to talk to you guys, and we had a very lovely dinner, and there were several, there were four awardees, and, and Tony's uh, service to the state of Florida uh, really stood out to me, is because I think we don't talk enough about how hardworking our, our public servants are, and the complexity of the job, the level of commitment it takes, and the skill that it takes. And I'll tell you, Tony, uh, over in Texas, where I was the coastal program manager, uh, the folks who dealt with the setback lines and regulation of coastal construction was the diciest job in the agency, one of the most politically, directly, economically important. And to do that for 34 years <laughs> is quite an accomplishment. I was like, I got to talk to that guy. So, uh, Mike, if you would, Mike Barnett, if you would introduce us to what Tony's job is and what this award was that he received tonight. Sure, and Tony may need to help me fill in, Peter. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we'll get to you, Tony. You get to be last, yeah, the best for last. Let me start with the award, and then we'll, we'll, um, it'll help clarify the significance of, of what Tony is doing, has done, and will continue to do through... Um, May of next year before he retires. Um, Tony's a very worthy um, recipient um, of the Jim Purpura T.Y. Chu Engineering Award. Those two gentlemen founded, basically established the Coastal Construction Control Line Program in the state of Florida, which regulates development activities. Not a, um, there's a lines that are developed around the 825 miles of sandy beaches in the state of Florida. Um, where there is development. Um, and it's not a line of prohibition, it's a line of regulation. There are laws and rules um, established for the state of Florida that, um, that applicants and their, their agents helping them get permits to conduct certain activities on the beach. And this is not activities in the water, this is yeah. in the beach and dune system, um, seaward of this line, which is basically demarcates the limits of, of the 100-year frequency storm event. Uh, hurricanes. Yep. Um, so anything seaward of that line is going to require evaluation, uh, processing, and if appropriate, approval through one of the, the sections in 
at the time I was there was the Bureau of Beaches and Coastal Systems. It's still the Coastal Construction Control Line Program, but the department um, has changed over the over the years with right. uh, administrations. And Tony has been the administrator of the Control Line Program for, wow, Tony, um, <coughs> 20 how many? Of the 34. Close enough. <laughs> 20, <laughs> plus, 20 plus. So um, Tony's responsibilities um, include um, not only supervision of, of staff because it's a, it's a tremendously heavy workload. And as my remarks said um, before he accepted the award, um, unwavering. Uh, it's never, there was never any letdown in the, in the workload. It's, it's steady, it's constant, and after hurricane events, it's incredibly, overwhelmingly, <laughs> the, the numbers are they're staggering. Um, the, it's important to, to do it right. And part of the program's one of the many goals and objectives of the program is to make sure that that coastal development seaward of that that line of jurisdiction by the Department of Environmental Protection is that the beach and dune system ultimately is afforded the maximum level of protection, not only for wildlife and recreational use, but also to the benefit of the property owner um, or whatever that activity is that's being sought. Um, it's protection for everyone. Um, yeah, really so. important. Uh, well, Tony, congratulations, first of all, on the recipient, being the recipient of this award and uh, 34 years in state government service in uh, the front lines of coastal regulation and development regulation, particularly in a state that is well known for its uh, uh, development verve along the shoreline. A lot of pressure, a lot of money on the line all of the time. Can you reflect a little bit and tell us about what is it like, uh, what, what, what do you take away from your years of service for the Florida Department of Environmental Protection? What stands out to you? That's a good question, Peter. Uh, I like to think I'm, I, I'm leaving, <clears throat> uh, uh, having helped uh, uh, protect the beaches and dunes around the state of Florida from uh, uh, the heavy demand to build along the state's coastline. Uh, a lot of folks like myself don't, well, used to be like me, didn't really appreciate the value of <clears throat> the beach and dune system around the state. But once, once you get to appreciate that, you, you understand it's it's very valuable resource uh, for a lot of purposes. And to have a role in in protecting that and try to preserve it for future generations. And, and at the same time, uh, you know, helping, helping folks, you know, folks have a dreams of beachfront homes and living on the coastline. So to try to find that balance where, you know, you can protect this natural resource that's very viable for a lot of reasons. And at the same time, help folks realize some of their dreams. You know, that, that in itself is pretty rewarding mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that uh, many people in the public truly understand that description of to be able to talk to the person who's made that balance. And, and the way you describe it, their dreams and hopes of coming to Florida and retiring and having a place on the coast. This is something people dream about for years. This is a state with 
a huge influx all of the time. And it is the beaches and the dunes typically in the water that brings people to Florida. And here you are in a position of trying to protect this resource that serves so many functions. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. It's a difficult job, and there's a lot of pressure in that job. Um, what do you, and I, I heard Mike Barnett described a lot of people uh, when they're unsatisfied with the regulatory determination about whether they can build something on the Florida coast can sometime sue, and I believe your record I heard was 50 and 1. That's pretty close. But, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the more difficult cases that you get in where the, that striking that balance is just, a, you know, requires a lot of judgment uh, and a lot of wisdom. What's, uh, what are some of the good stories from your career? Oh, wow. <laughs> you don't have to name any names. Uh, there have been some interesting cases, to say the least. <laughs> You know, in, in uh, I guess probably around the middle of 2000, we had a, the state was under attack by hurricanes, seemed like yearly, um, a lot of damages. Um, a lot of things were occurring then, some of them not prudent. Uh, uh, we had a situation in one county that kind of got out of control, uh, where the county was uh, authorizing some activities to occur. I guess the intent was to try to protect properties, but mm -hmm. they, were, they weren't going about the right way and it caused a lot of, a lot of problems. And uh, it was a big problem. It was so big that the state legislature had to step in and find a solution to it. Because we could not uh, approve some of the activities they had, they had undertaken. They did it out of, uh, some did it out of I guess fear. Uh, sure. Folks saw these hurricanes and they thought another one's coming. I got to do something. We're gonna armor it. Yes. So we're a lot of a lot of forms of armoring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things were put up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to try to hold back the water that right. that wasn't proper and and causing a lot of harm. And so the challenge to the department trying it was, it was a kind of overwhelming. It's a lot of them. So we could not permit a lot of them. A lot of in, went to litigation and. So a lot of back and forth. So it was so big that again the legislature had to step in and, and find a solution to the problem. So it's yeah. probably more challenging time of the uh, during my tenure there. Yeah. I was doing that, that, that the post hurricane emergency uh, armoring permit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mike is the director of that program. Uh, um, having Tony sort of be the guy who has to handle these, be the front line guy on these really tough issues. Uh, what did that mean to you as the program director to have that kind of, that steady hand because uh, that's a tough job. It was key at, at the time of the 04 and 05 hurricanes, um, the bureau was comprised of, of about um, 75 full-time equivalent staff. So I was in charge of the entire program. I didn't directly supervise a lot of the, the staff, but um, <clears throat> Tony was in charge of nine or ten um, professional staff and administrative support, probably another four or five people. The, the workload was tremendous and um, it was an assault. Um, and, and as Tony said, the, the one county um, that kind of went about it the wrong way just overwhelmed our, our individual and collective efforts. But, but having Tony 
um, trying to, to steer the ship, um, the control line program section um, was invaluable to me because I was dealing with a lot of other pressures simultaneously. Right. The legislature was trying to throw a bunch of money at us to recover from the storm damages, and there were timeline expectations associated with those appropriations that, that we knew as staff we couldn't possibly meet, even with the help of the, the consultant and local government and even federal government communities. It was just um, too much to do. Um, but the, I think one of the saving graces is Tony's um, thorough um, and clear understanding of the, the laws of the state of Florida and the, the implementing rules um, that we had to apply and where we, could, where we could look for possible solutions. And in those instances where we couldn't do anything else that, as he said, the legislature had to jump into our, our assistance because we, we could not allow a lot of these structures to stay in place permanently. Right. They were installed as temporary measures of protection done improperly yeah. in many cases, and uh, they would have done further harm to the beach and dune system and possibly even the properties themselves or adjacent properties if they were left in place. Right. So we had a, we had a tremendous challenge on our hands. A lot of good guidance from, from the laws of the state of Florida um, that we, we used to implement chapter 161 yeah. Kind of getting into the weeds, but yeah. um, um, that can only go so far. Then we have the rule, which allows us a little flexibility as staff to um, to utilize those those guiding principles, but also apply reasonableness tests and and work as best we could to, at the end of the day, make sure that the beach and dune system is is preserved, protected, um, and still get allow reasonable development to occur right well Tony I know you're still in the system and will be for several more months but I don't know if you can comment on this but I would uh, appreciate it if you could give it a try in the in the decades that you've worked on making these judgments uh, uh, in terms of people's dreams of having a place their their fear of risk uh, the uh, desire for armoring to protect their property, their investment, their lives, their future. I mean, truly, this gets very personal. Uh, how's the balance, do you think, in Florida? Has the, are you comfortable with the balance that, that has been struck? Uh, when you go home at the end of the day and these decisions are getting made, uh, how do you feel about it? Has the, it's, it's a tough call. Uh, what's, your, what's your assessment of the, of the system? That's, that's a good question, Peter. Uh, you know, we, we are, as a regulatory uh, agency, we are, we are a creature of laws and rules. So yeah. to follow the laws and rules established by the, the laws from the state legislature and, and the rules promulgated by the department. Uh, sometimes those laws and rules are, are pretty clear. Other times they're not as clear. Uh, so. <clears throat> Those are the cases where you have to exercise a lot of judgment. Uh, and, and, and what helped me out in doing those times was trying to uh, make sure that I could articulate clearly to the, the agents and the homeowners, you know, what, what are the issues here, you know, based on what you want to do and, and these laws and rules, we got to fit this under. You know, does it square up? And when it don't square up, 
then I think my job is to, as a regulator, was to try to articulate it as clear as possible to those folks so they can at least understand yeah. how there's a problem. Right. You know, uh, and and if there's some way it can be worked out, then we try to go into that mode of trying to figure out a solution. Uh, I had one boss who made a comment, well, pretend you're an option quarterback. Right. <laughs> Run pass or throw. <laughs> right. So if, if the play is available and, and it can fit within these parameters of laws and rules, then let's try to find a way to make it happen. Right. And sometimes it's there. It's there. But it takes both parties to work together. So yeah. one thing I really appreciated was having a, a, a trying to build relationships with agents, engineers. And they know if they if they come to me with the issue, then they can expect to get clarity on it, and they can expect to get an impartial review of it. A fair shake. A fair shake. Fair interpretation of the rule. Right. And, you know, Tony and Mike, this is one of the reasons I want to talk about this. It's clear from the, in, in the room tonight, there were probably 250 people at this award dinner at FSBPA. Really nice event. Other very uh, knowledgeable and deserving awardees. But the reputation that you have in this community, Tony, was very clear. I, ha I did not work with you uh, in, in the years that I was over in Florida that I, uh, but I could tell in the room the level of respect that was there. And I can tell listening to how people spoke about your nomination and about the work that you have done, uh, it bothers me when people say, you know, those bureaucrats up there, they're just trying to, any of those kind of sentences have always bothered me because it was such a conflict in, the, in it was a confrontation with what I knew about the people who worked, the way you described your job, the difficult balances that you're trying to work, make, sticking to the rules, sticking to the statute. Um, in your career, uh, and that's a hot seat job because you're saying yes and no to economic development, yes and no to uh, shoreline protection or structures where people are afraid. Uh, how did you deal with that kind of feedback over your career? Um, did you hear that much? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those crazy beer, I don't know. <laughs> Can we say? <laughs> During my time there, I yeah, think Tony heard it daily. <laughs> yeah, very few people want to be regulated. <laughs> Especially the folks that dropped a lot of money on a piece of property. Right. You know, they, you know, they, they don't always want to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to say told what to do, but they always want to be uh, advised that there's a, you, know, you have to do it a different way. But, you know, what, what helped me was knowing that coming into the situation. Knowing that there are going to be cases where folks are not going to receive the information well. Right. And, and, and so you have to have a disposition about yourself that I know how the reaction is going to be. But, you know, uh, how, am I, how, how am I going to let that affect my job and what I got to do? Right. So I always let folks air out their frustration. Let them get it all out of the system as much as they can. And then after they've done that, then that's my opportunity to try to explain to them, well, I right. appreciate your, your, your concern. I understand. Yeah. However, you know, the, in this particular case, we may, may not be able to do it that way. 
Let's see if we can find a different way to do it, if it's possible. Now, yeah. there have been cases where the answer is no. Yeah. But where the answer is not a flat out no, uh, then I think the burden, my job was to try to find a way to, uh, to make it happen. Because again, you know, we're working yeah. for property owners. Uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, as a state employee, I'm working for the people. Yeah. And so I have to respect, you know, their yeah. desires and, and what their expectations are. And, and uh, you know, again, if those don't quite line up the rules and laws of the state of Florida, then my job is to try to, you know, find a way and try to find a way for it to happen. But, yeah. you know, as you have to understand as a regulator, you're going to get those days. You're going to get those days. If you, if you let that bother you, well, I, I asked that because, you know, you talked about, I loved it, the way you opened your remarks tonight and received the reward and talked about the first day on the job and one of your colleagues saying, you know, the last guy who did this job had a, did a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> and 34 years later, you're saying, I hope I did a good job. I just think that's so fabulous. But it's the, the, the wisdom and the skill that comes into this balancing that you're talking about and how to work through those very personal uh, confrontations with people and relationships with developers and builders and homeowners. How do you transfer that knowledge to the next person? Does that, you know, because so much of that comes from the experience of having figured out how do I explain this? How do I convince someone that if they do it a little bit differently this can we can meet in the middle we can be compliant with the law we can protect the resource and you can have this house that you want mm -hmm. you know uh, what would you say to your successor what's the secret to making that work well you know i think you have to have at least two good qualities to be effective one is you got to have the technical skills to know what you're doing but more just as important to me you got to have people skills you have to be able to talk to people in respect for manner and in a manner that's not kind of, you know, condescending to them. Uh, you know, you can be firm, but people like being right. firm. Yeah. You know, uh, so I try to, you know, coach my staff because I'm on the way out. Okay. <laughs> you know? Here's what y'all need to know. <laughs> Don't forget this. Yeah. You know, it ain't all about, it's not all about just you know, reading the laws and rules and just laying this is the way it is. No, you gotta, mm -mm. again, you have to have a way to talk to folks in a way that, you know, you can tell somebody no and they can accept it, you know, or you can tell them no and you get in a fight. Right. So I try to find the least resistant way and that is to tell them yeah. no and they can receive it and it's not be confrontational. Yeah. So people skills to me are very important in, in being a, an effective regulator. Yeah. You gotta have days where People just don't want to hear it, and, right. and you're going to tell them, I'm sorry, but instead of a 40,000 square foot house, you're going to want to be a 30,000 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? pretty, still pretty good. <laughs> but, well, Mike, in, uh, in your years in, in working at the department, and uh, in my experience of sort of being in, in Tony's level, was if we made a decision that uh, was, uh, let's say, unsettling to the person involved, they would call above, they'd call my boss or a couple of uh, levels above me and I could get called up to say, you know, come on up here and explain to me what you're doing. Did you get calls when Tony was running the program and how did you handle that when folks, you know, tried to go over his head? Great question, Peter. And, and I, would, I would answer that first. I'm going to go into a bit more detail, but yeah, the short answer is very seldom. 
and there's a reason. The program was well structured, um, thanks in part to uh, my predecessors and, and some vision um, prior to my arrival in Tallahassee. Um, Tony's leadership and supreme understanding of the laws and rules. Um, I could read, he could read me a sentence out of um, the implementing rule that I had just seen before I walked in the room and we could, we could look at that sentence in a few different ways, um, when and if we needed to. The, the second part is the organization was such that, and the workload, I've mentioned this more than once, the workload was incredibly heavy. I knew which projects were, were coming up on that sensitive timeline for a decision. Um, I was well aware of any calls that I might get, right. um, but typically Tony um, was able to answer those agent or applicant's concerns, um, and it was a rare occasion when I would get when I would get called. Normally those were permits coming to me for a final decision anyway, so they were going to have to deal with me regardless of whether they liked what Tony or staff had to say or if they, they thoroughly disagreed with it. I, I had to understand, um, I had to understand what, um, what was coming. Yeah. Well, I, you know, uh, tonight is a special night. Uh, the award banquet tonight, there's an open bar out at the pool. <laughs> I've stolen Tony away from his family and all of his colleagues who are wanting to congratulate him. So I promised him I'd only take about 15 minutes. But I, I thank you for, for doing it because I, I think it's important that we, we try to communicate and introduce the public to the, you know, the sincere hard work and difficult choices that are made in our government uh, agencies that, that regulate and try to protect the environment, look after the economy, and look after the beaches. And there isn't any way better that I can think of than for them to get to know uh, the people uh, who do that work in, a, in somehow a little bit of that community feel that was in that room tonight that everyone who's worked with you over this 34 years of your career knows and respects and understands how you do your job, what you do and what motivates you. And uh, somehow we have to communicate that out to the public out there for public servants all around the country who do this. And in, in my experience, so many hardworking people sincerely trying to do the best they can with the, the regs and the rules that they've got to follow. So. Thanks, Tony, and congratulations. And Mike, thank you. I, you were a nominator for, uh, I guess there were six different people who nominated you together, which is pretty remarkable. I guess independently, Mike. I mean, come on, give us a little background on that. Um, the nomination was my idea, um, and I approached um, those other people. I, I kind of handpicked the, the team um, for a lot of reasons. Um, I, both as a regulator um, in, in the hot seat with Tony for almost eight years and part of the regulated community as a consultant. Um, I, I was on both sides. Uh, I immediately knew there was one other candidate for that one, that was Brett Moore. Um, the other folks, I, I just knew through my years in Tallahassee that they were um, frequent interactors um, on behalf of um, property owners and local governments that, that engage their services. So it, it was easy. And 
what was easier was the enthusiasm and encouraging. The enthusiasm and the response was instantaneous. It's yeah. like, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> of course I'll write a letter. <laughs> well, when I, I asked Lois uh, when I got to the conference, I said, Lois, I'm going to set up some interviews. I said, who's here that I really should talk to? And the first person she said is, you've got to talk to this guy, Tony McNeil. I said, really, who's that? She said, he ran the control program for 30s. You've got to talk to him. I was like, done. So I was really, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for Lois, but ladies and gentlemen, Tony McNeil, recipient of the, you're going to have to do the words yep. for me. Jim Perpura, <laughs> TY2 Engineering Award. From the Florida Shore and Beach Preservation Association meeting here at Hutchinson Island. Just thank you very much, Tony, for being on the American Shoreline Podcast. And Mike, thank you for joining us. Uh, and we'll look forward to talking all down the road. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Then a boy, take one, brother.